It's the DA Show with your host, Damon Amendolara, featuring the musical sounds of the Zap Zap Orchestra. Now, ladies and gentlemen, here's DA. All right, and a happy Thursday to you, everybody. We'll continue getting your toasts in here momentarily. Also, maybe a trash or two on a Thursday, although that's not how this usually works, but... I'll make an exception this time around at 855-212-4CBS. Well, I feel good and I'm doing well. Or on Twitter, DA on CBS. Before we get there, though, NFL writer for The Athletic, Mike Jones, joins us. Mike, good morning. Good morning. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Thank you so much for joining us. Yesterday in Chicago was a wild day. We'll start with Justin Fields. Did you think that he made a mistake by admitting coaching has been an issue with him and how he played? Well, I mean, I guess it depends on what his motives were. Was he trying to uh, shove his second-year head coach uh, onto the hot seat um, or, or trying to uh, get the attention of the general manager or send a message to his coach? Um, then if that was the, the goal, then he achieved that. Uh, I do think, though, that regardless of whatever issues he has with Matt um, Uberfuss, that he probably – um, cause more harm than good. Uh, I don't know if they had had conversations about that particular topic uh, times before and it wasn't being heated or what, but now it's a distraction. They already have a really tall task in beating the Chiefs, and so now uh, you've got uh, you know guys having to, to wonder, okay, what's going on with the head coach and with their quarterback? Um, and it's just it wasn't something – that was needed, I don't think, if you were trying to prepare to win a game. He can have that thought in his head. He can have conversations behind closed doors. But when you put him on blast like that, and then, you know, he tried to, to walk it back, saying, oh, I'm not blaming anybody. I need to play better point blank. But it already was out. You can't put it back in the jar. Do you think it's more of an issue with Justin Fields or the coaching staff? I don't know. Um, you know, I, I don't know what's going on with, um, their meetings and the discussions that they have. Um, I don't know if there is overcoaching or, you know, there are some coaches that uh, they try to when the, 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 the headset's on and going into the helmet of the quarterback, they try to give them as much information as possible. Hey, look out for this, look out for that. You know, this might happen um, in addition to the play call. Um, and sometimes that can cause guys to, to think a little too much. You've got to find a a good balance uh, between equipping and then also letting a guy play freely. And I don't know, you know, if that is the case um, or if you know it's it's pretty balanced, but it's just more complex than what Justin Fields is used to. Um, that's stuff that uh, only Justin Fields and the the Bears coaching staff know. Mike Jones from the Athletic covers the NFL and joins us this morning here on the DA Show. The Justin Fields story is the bigger story from a popularity standpoint, but having a defensive coordinator resign in the middle of the season after an alleged raid on the team facility and his home might be a bigger story, and that was Alan Williams. What do you make of that part of the Bears' week? Yeah, again, it's another distraction that they didn't need. Um, we don't know what uh, the reasons, um, you know, what what exactly are going on, you know, waiting for details and everything like that. But, look, they're about to, to prepare to play the defending Super Bowl champion 
Kansas City Chiefs, and you have your quarterback in a spat with the head coach. You have the defensive coordinator uh, dealing with uh, all kinds of stuff, whether off the field and in, in, in his personal life. Um, and you already were leading the league in points allowed, and I think you're like third or fourth in, in yards allowed. So just a really bad recipe uh, if you are uh, trying to have a go out and have a successful outing this Sunday. You wrote, you wrote a really interesting piece about the, the failures right now of Deshaun Watson after that Monday night blunder. And I'm wondering, when you look at what's broken with Deshaun Watson, what do you circle first and foremost? Um, you know, as we talked about, you know, thinking too much, um, that's what I was told, you know, by some people in the organization feel like, look, he's overthinking. He's trying too hard uh, to be great, trying too hard to be perfect. Um, and uh, I know that he has high expectations for himself. And I know that having that contract, that $230 million fully guaranteed contract, uh, is weighing on him. And he feels like, hey, I've got to uh, live up to this thing. And so I think that he's probably a little self-sabotaging as he tries too hard to be great. Is there a fix to that that's just beyond Deshaun Watson getting out of his own head? I mean, is there something Stefanski can do, the offense can do, the team can do, or is this just simply in Deshaun Watson's head and he either gets out of it or not? Well, you would like to think that, hey, you know, if they could take the ball out of his hand some, run the ball some more, and things like that, but they just lost Nick Chubb, and so now the load, the workload, the pressure only intensifies um, for um, uh, for Deshaun Watson, and I do think that most of this is something that he has to do. He has to simplify things. He has to be like, okay, look, I know where my reads are. If they aren't there, I'm going to take off and run. We see him holding the ball too long. We see him hesitating. Looks like he's second-guessing himself. He's just got to play more freely. Um, and then I think, uh, you know, take what the defense gives you, and it will come to him. Mike Jones from The Athletic covers the NFL. Speaking of offense that stuck in neutral, in Pittsburgh, fans want Matt Canada out. Do you see the issues with the Steelers' offense being coaching or Kenny Pickett? Um, maybe a little bit of both. Um, you have a young quarterback, and so you really do have to make sure you uh, give him all the tools to succeed, that you are um, coaching him up. We knew coming out of the draft, a lot of people thought that maybe Kenny Pickett had a higher ceiling than some of those other guys in the draft. I mean, I'm sorry, a higher floor. Like, he was starting um, further ahead of them, but maybe didn't have the ceiling. that he Maybe kind of was what he's going to be. But they've got a lot around him. It seems like he, they should be having better success. Um, and so I know that, you know, this has been going on for a while where Steelers fans have had issues with Matt Canada, uh, but uh, Mike Tomlin has, has stuck by him. Uh, you just wonder, okay, how much longer? Again, this is stuff that we don't know what's going on inside, but it seems like their offense never quite um, achieves up to what their potential could be. And obviously that has a lot to do with uh, play calling and coaching. Finally, in Dallas, everybody loves the way that that defense has performed for the first two weeks. Do you feel like that's an indicator of just how dominant they can be, or do you have to take the opposition into account, a Giants team that trailed 20 by 20 against the Cardinals and obviously Zach Wilson of the Jets' offense? Yeah, I mean, it is. look, it's impressive. The stuff that we're seeing uh, Micah Parsons do, we know that they've got stars at every single level, but you're exactly right. you got to take it with a little bit of grain of salt uh, because – 
it's not like they're going out there and playing world beaters. They're playing teams that have real issues, um, and they're about to play another one in the Cardinals, who are just a mess as well. So we're probably going to see another huge blowout, more dominance, uh, but they are, you know, at a historic pace as they start out. They've only given up 10 points. Um, and I think there's only, I saw a stat that there's only five teams in history in the first two games of the season have scored at least 70 points while holding opponents to a combined uh, 10 points. So rare category there for uh, the Cowboys, but we'll see what happens once they actually get to the meat of their schedule and they're playing formidable opponents. Find Mike Jones at The Athletic, covering the NFL, and on Twitter at ByMikeJones. Mike, good stuff, man. Thank you. Thanks. You have a good one. You got it. Mike Jones from The Athletic, talking about the NFL. We've been doing a lot of that today, and we'll continue as tonight, Thursday Night Football, sees the Giants travel to Santa Clara, Levi Stadium, to take on the 49ers. Big favorites the 49ers are, favored by 10.5 points going into tonight. Injuries across the board for the Giants on a short week. Does not bode well. Now, we had Matt in Pittsburgh who called up last hour, but then we went to him. We didn't hear anybody on the other end of the line. He has called back. Matt, good morning. Whenever I say that I was disappointed, I mean it. So, two, uh, a couple quick things. Giants 10 is a lock. Very first off. Oh, you like plus 10. Absolutely. Oh, okay. So you think this is a tight game between the Niners and Giants tonight? I'm not going to say a tight game, but it's absolutely to a point with the Niners where they steamrolled two teams in a row, and it's just time for them to kind of go through a cakewalk. And uh, Daniel Jones' career is on the line, and I, I like that guy to run for a lot of yards. Um, okay, so you like the Giants plus the 10.5 tonight. Got it. Like the Giants, ten and a half, um, and the question basically for tonight is going to be. And I asked it the other night: Would you rather hang out with Shohei Otani in Japan, or would you rather hang out with Coach Prime in Boulder, Colorado, to completely switch up the narrative here? Okay, here I thought that you were going to go. Kenny Pickett, Matt Canada. Did you fall asleep last hour when you were on the hold? On, on hold? Yes, I did. I'll go right back to this also, I guess, to, to Canada and, and Pickett. Uh-huh. It is a two-way street. Canada gets to a point where how can you throw it? You don't want to throw the ball too far down the field or you don't want to spread it out too much because you think that you have a guy that can't throw it that well. But at the same time, everyone starts doing you as Kenny Pickett because you're not throwing the ball very well in terms of just trying to spread it out one side of the field or the other. Yeah, I can see that. So you called up last hour and you're on hold, and is the phone in your hand and you actually nod off, doze off and fall asleep? Are you laying down and the phone is next to you? Oh, no, I left it on mute. And and so were you sitting up when you fell asleep or you're laying down? Oh, I'm sitting up. So you're in a chair or something, and you just, lazy boy, put your head back, fell asleep? Uh, no, I'm sitting on the chair. I left it on mute. Okay. All right. Got it. Well, I'm glad that you called back, man. Good to hear from you. DA, would you rather have – all right, here you go. 
Would you rather have Kenny Pickett or Daniel Jones as your quarterback? I would rather have Daniel Jones. Uh, I don't think Daniel Jones will ever be an all-time great. I don't think he's going to be a perennial pro bowler, but I do think that his athleticism is a difference maker. He's got a good arm. He's got great wheels. He's very athletic. I think he's good, and I think his potential is higher than Pickett. I think Pickett's potential is limited, and I brought this up the other day. I don't think you ever watch Kenny Pickett and think that's something special. I don't think there's ever been a play that I thought, that's a special guy, that's a flash. There are occasional flashes of that's a special guy in Daniel Jones. I don't know if you'll get that enough that he'll ever be great, but I think there's more special in the game of Daniel Jones than it is Kenny Pickett. I like that hypothetical, though. Would you rather hang out in Japan with Shohei Otani or in Boulder, Colorado with Deion Sanders? I think the natural inclination for most Americans would be Deion because we're watching it up close and personal, but the correct answer is Japan with Shohei. I don't know if Shohei is as fun as Deion Sanders, but I think Japan in general, if you opened up every door in Japan via celebrity, hero, and said, you can do whatever you want in this country, feels to me the potential is greater on a big night out with Shohei in Japan than the trouble you could get into in Boulder, Colorado. Because really, what is in Boulder, Colorado, besides the university and any frat party you could go to, I yeah, guess, I which mean, happens at every college? College bars, restaurants. I mean, Dion, I'm sure, gets into cool places, but yeah, there's there's a limit to how great, how iconic or epic. Like, you couldn't get into a hangover situation with Dion in Boulder, Colorado. You could if you went to Japan with Shohei. And, and think about this. I was thinking, too, because the language barrier, obviously, for anybody that doesn't speak Japanese... You would think that would be daunting, but now I'm wondering if you'd rather not know any of the Japanese being spoken because you know it's all just, you know, it's all just everybody's pumping up Shohei saying the nicest things in the world to you guys. You get to walk in anywhere you want. You get to do anything you want. So, you know, anything being said to you is nothing but positive affirmation, milk and Shohei, and it's almost like... You know, you almost don't want to know what they're saying because you know it's just positive stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah, a little bit. I Also, like music to your ears almost. Also, you being the foreigner in Japan, I bet you people would be looking to show you a great time. Yes. We want to prove to you, oh, you're... Like, this happens anywhere you are. If you have somebody from out of town, you want to show that person from out of town the best time ever. If you come in there with Shohei and you're the American, my guess is like, oh, let's show the American a really good time. He's with Shohei? Like, sky's the limit. I think, again, that's like the Hangover movies. That's, that's you start at 6 p.m. one night, and by the 6 a.m. the next day, you're like, what the hell just happened? Oh, yeah. Kevin's next up in California this morning on the show. It looks to me that Kevin wants to do a trash on a Thursday Thursday. Kev, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, DHO. What's up? What's up? Yeah, I want to do a trash with the toast. Okay. I want to trash boil for not liking a good old Whopper at 5 a.m. in the morning. Plain <laughs> okay. broiled your way. <laughs> okay, we're going to trash that. This really. must be garbage time. Right, now we got a toast. 
Yeah, I want to toast your guys' show. Other than having a Whopper first thing, I don't no way I can start my morning without your guys' show. You guys do awesome. You rock. You're entertaining, fun. What a show should be. Appreciate you guys. Thank you, man. Appreciate Boosties. that very much. That's nice of you. Thank you. Squishy Liquid tweets, I'm toasting the Baldwin brothers, D.A. Steven, Kevin, Alec, Daniel, Jermaine, Tito, Groucho, Harpo, Huey, Dewey, Louie, Chip, Dale. Last week I was walking on the beach and tripped over one. Sorry about that, Billy. Hashtag toast them. Booskies. Now, is that a Billy Baldwin blast or is that a Chris Moore? Sorry about that, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> only there was something in Twitter where you could add what voice you were you were doing. Some type of different Chris Moore font. Sorry about that, Billy. The Hidden Pickle says, Toasting the crew for keeping up this fake producer search. Everyone knows it needs to be Boyle. Big personality without all the fat of morass. That's not nice. Hashtag, just sign the young buck. Hashtag, Booskies. I did see that Mraz is now being called more trash on the local side. He's just getting blitzed. Getting, this must be garbage time. He's getting cover zero, send the house on every down. <laughs> every down. <laughs> you got to feel for him. You do. I don't want to see that with Mraz. Although I, I did see that Yesterday, he was talking about how he really believed that Sierra was into him at the Super Bowl party. And I'm like, didn't we talk about that for like five years on this show? And now they're just discovering it down the hall. <laughs> Folks, did you see this, that Mraz did his whole Sierra bit yesterday on New York Radio? Of course I saw it because I think six of our listeners within 30 seconds of the <laughs> segment ending had sent me a, a heads up, if not then the actual Awful announcing. I didn't post. watch the clip. Is he being goaded into talking about this, oh. or is he just going to the bag of tricks like this once worked? Yeah, no, I didn't have the patience to watch the clip. I don't know how it came up yesterday. It's just, uh, it's just startling to me that like his life just started again. His radio life just went back to day zero yeah. on the fan, and they're slowly. I think almost in order redoing <laughs> the revelations that Sean made on this show. It's like, if you didn't listen to the last decade on CBS sports radio, we got you now covered on the fan. Right. So soon we're going to introduce Bob, the deli man, right? I'm guessing they're going to have a 30 jerseys and Thursday, 30 <laughs> nights thing coming up soon. And Brian Keel's Jersey will come out of the closet again. Do we get a quacker Jack intro? I mean, we have already done the SAT, but man, you're stupid. Take the SAT. And now he thinks he could have made out with CR, but as you pointed out, he said it here 18 times and no one except us noticed. He said it yesterday and it was immediately written up about on a fairly significant website. Couldn't make it up. Yeah. Couldn't make it up. Greg in Knoxville says, guys, I actually went to high school with a kid named Ben Dover. So there you go. That's a real, real person. I told you. Bad parents. Chris tweets, good morning, DA. In the 80s, I grew up next to a family with the last name Da, and they named their kid Zippity-Doo. No. 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 Come on. Now, my... No. That my, can't be real. My I'm going to need a Facebook profile link sent to me here, Chris. <laughs> also, there was a gentleman on hold, and I can post this on Twitter for those that don't believe me. I uh, forget what his name was, but he was calling from Erie, PA. He said he had a friend named Tommy Dick. 
And his father was Harry. It's a tough one. Yeah. I wonder what Grady Dick's dad name is. Man, those are all very tough. Yeah, my aunt swears that she worked with somebody whose name was Shanda Lear. <laughs> Real? <laughs> That's yes. a good one. That's a good one. I wouldn't mind that. You wouldn't mind it. But again, like I, when both of my children were about to be born, we sat down and went over all of the permutations of what this you could be. To. How do you not go? We can't name our our kid Harrison Dick. Like how do you like how do you how do you know that? Well, how, that, do you, how do you miss that? That one it does sound like he was a little older, right? Or it was Harold, a, a guy called up and his dad was named that. So maybe when is who knows when that was? But let's say eighty years ago, maybe that's not. Well, we didn't have those back then? We didn't have no, jokes back then? No, I'm just saying maybe that <laughs> wasn't the way people phrased that joke. I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't think people were missing that in the 1950s either. I might be reaching. Yeah. Dixieland Dan says, wasn't there a celebrity who named their kid Blanket? Yeah, that was Michael Jackson. And Kanye named his kid Blue. Elon's kid is some weird formula. X-E-A-12 or something like that. That's what Dixieland Dan says. Yeah, an a apple, right? Is a there's an apple somewhere. Yeah, and all the Kardashian West kids are named after directions, right? It's northwest, southwest, southwest by southwest, northwest by southwest. <laughs> <laughs> southwest Airlines West. That's yeah, weird. <laughs> Imagine that. Northwest. I mean, what are we doing? Well, if I told you you could be named Northwest, but the trade-off is you never work a day in your life, you have your parents have more money than you can ever imagine, and you're instantaneously a celebrity without doing anything, is that a good trade-off? Now your dad's Kanye. That's a bad trade-off. <laughs> Are you qualified, though, at like six to accept the terms of that deal? No, definitely not. But you grow up and you're like, would you have taken that deal? Yeah. And no one's going to mess with him because he's, they're going to know who his parents are. So he's not going to get joked. Well, what's worse, that or blue? Any other kid blue? Very tough. Or did I make that up? Yeah, somebody's kid's name is blue. I think it's North, Saint, and blue. Blue? <laughs> we literally couldn't think of a better name than a color? <laughs> well, I, it also feels as though those names with that family are purposefully engineered for attention slash coolness slash a storyline on a TV show or to get some type of traction on social media. I don't think they name them blue saying, this is the best name we could think of. This is the name that will probably draw the most attention. Oh, Beyonce and Jay-Z's kid is blue. Oh. Blue. Blue Carter. Blue Carter. Uh, not a bad name. Blue Carter sounds pretty cool. Um, it's not. So does Drew. Drew Carter. Right. <laughs> bogus, what if you named your kid Hocus? Hocus Bogus. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I thought about that. You know what? Hocus Let's have another. Hocus Bogus. <laughs> That's a new segment. Hocus Bogus. <laughs> now you wave the wand. You make the picks. You're the wizard. Maybe. That's right. When you're out next summer, Fry DAs will do Hocus Bogus. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And you'll just do like WNBA regular season games, yeah, some, some type of pitching match, some baseball things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I got the Giants on the money line. <laughs> Ronald Acuna same game parlays. Hocus Bogus. Love that. I'll just like click my heels in a little tiny magic wand. Be dressed like. Uh, Somebody from Hocus Pocus. 
That's that's your Halloween costume. Are you guys ready for Halloween yet? Yes. There. This is, I guess, a, I'll, I'll dress somebody on a Thursday. <laughs> Around the corner of my house, somebody already has up their outside oh, come on. unnecessarily big come on. Halloween thing. It's not even October. Not no. too, it's not too early. Yes, it is. No, it's not. More Summer than a month. Ended. It is. Summer ended two weeks ago. I mean, it didn't, technically. And second of <laughs> all, <laughs> Halloween, <laughs> is still, Halloween is 41 days away. Why can't we be patient and enjoy Halloween when it's Halloween time, not be bothered and, and bored with it? By October 14th. What if some people like Halloween as much as they like Christmas? Are you going to trash somebody for putting up the Christmas lights on the yes. week before Thanksgiving? Yes. We've really? done that before. We yeah. have. The week after Thanksgiving is usually the one. But if you do it one week before that, that's 40 days before Christmas. You're really going to throw a, a, you get your panties in a bunch about that, Bob? Yes. I think you should get to at least December 1st. But certainly not before Thanksgiving. I don't see the problem with it. People want to be spooky. It's spooky season. People want to have their pumpkin pie, their pumpkin spice. See, this is might, you, you might be a beta if you do pumpkin no, spice. See, this is the problem with you alphas, is you think there are no rules. They can just do what they want because I'm an alpha. Rules. There are rules. There's logic. There's calendars. You, you're going to come arrest somebody who puts up Halloween lights? I, you're going to go arrest I your wish neighbor? I could. Citation. I wish they could be fined. Why don't you yeah. go up to his lawn and tell him that he's a I'm beta? I'm going to go smack his Dracula in the face and go, it's only <laughs> September, bro. Do that. Yeah. I'm sure your wife would be very proud of you. She actually hates it more than I do, and she would say Ooh, something. Okay. Yeah. Maybe then she's the muscle having, in this relationship. She'll start with. having dreams of Alpha Bogish. Easy. The best part about this is, is Pat Boyle aggressively as a quote alpha saying, It's spooky season. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, don't you know it's spooky season? <laughs> As he flexes in a muscle tee. <laughs> Joe tweets, I live in Erie, PA. Did I really just hear Tommy Dick mentioned on the DA show? Dude's a legend, makes Grateful Dead t shirts around here. <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> <laughs> Do we awesome. think Katie Lindendahl knows them? <laughs> oh, yeah. Good point. Got to find out. Yeah. Katie is from Erie. She's from Erie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I didn't know what to do with that information. We need Katie what? back on the show. <laughs> we do. Solely because of her makeup artist. We, well, okay. Easy. When that's, do we come back? That's a personal. That's that's for me. Katie Lindendahl's makeup artist. Just had her second kid. With her husband. Well, that was the original. He's oh. talking about the new one that the one came that to Bob's said, Bar. That said Bob's Bar was crazier than the Ukrainian orphanage she grew up in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, Katie's new, <laughs> new makeup director, makeup artist said, that's the craziest thing I've ever witnessed. I said, she must have lived a boring life. Katie said, no, she grew up in a Ukrainian orphanage. <laughs> that's, that's news to me. Sorry. That's the craziest, that's, that's the craziest thing you've seen. Was Papo getting oiled up by Gordon in Vancouver? By an old Canadian man. Wickered <laughs> <laughs> up. On... What was he drinking? Uh, Crown Royal. Yes. <laughs> an old Canadian man liquored up on Crown Royal, oiling up a young man. <laughs> was the craziest thing a person that survived a Ukrainian orphanage had ever witnessed. And then I think following that up with the belch in Mraz's face from Badlands, that was a bridge too far. 
When we come back here on the show, it's a Thirsty Thursday. Let's toast DA CBS Sports Radio. We're toasting to the good life. I feel alive. Ah, ah, ah. We are feeling good and doing well. How many beers ago? Uh, probably a thousand. It's the DA Show's Thirsty Thursday. Celebrating with some booski. All right, guys, let's toast to the good stuff. Pat Boyle in today as executive producer. Boyle, who are you toasting to? DA, I got a toast to the feeling of winning a bet. Okay. Now, if you remember Monday morning, I was on the show. And I said the PB boys like the Saints and they like the Steelers. So I went ahead and I parlayed Saints money line, Steelers money line. That was a big time emphatic win. I also had a George Pickens anytime touchdown. Okay. On a little 72 yard skimp and scramp right down the middle. Scrimp and scramp. Right down the middle. And, you know, there's something you just got to celebrate winning a bet. There's because sometimes there's no greater feeling in life. <laughs> That's a joke, but. That's such an emphatic feeling when you win a bet, when you have your convictions, you have your prognostications, and they come true. And recently, I've just, I got a toast to this song. It is an all-time anthem. It has become my anthem for winning a bet. If I'm watching the game, Pickens scores the touchdown, they go to break, fire up the Bluetooth, and you just got to fire off one of the best songs of all time. Hit it, Billy. You got to fight for your right to So this is what you're doing every time you win a bet. Yeah. You got to let the demons out, DA. You got to fire off some excitement. When you win. I mean, come on. The pro athletes do it. And they score a touchdown. You do your celly. You get pumped up. You get jacked up. Yeah. So if I'm winning a bet, I'm winning some quiche. I'm winning some moolah. I'm <laughs> drinking money for the weekend. <laughs> PB boys are doing well. Take a sense of pride in that. Have some pride in winning some bets. And get fired up for it. You keep saying PB boys like there's more than just you. It's just you making bets. <laughs> well, Bilotti <laughs> at one point was involved. He's not part of the syndicate anymore. He's watching two kids for three weeks on paternity leave. He is not making George <laughs> Sprinkling Pickens. Sprinkling some wrestling. He is not making George Pickens anytime touchdown bets. That's true. Maybe. Don't change the name. PB Boys with a Z. Leave it just in case P comes back or you meet somebody else with those initials. (laughs) You've already got the paperwork file. Just leave it as is. And it sounds great. It does. I guess Bilotti needs to get off paternity leave then. Because you could do things now. I think most of the the big-time betting apps have social where you can form a group. And then if you're with friends, they see the bets that you place. They can tail it. They see what's going on. They see what kind of action you got going on. If you're on a bad streak, you could start hiding the bets so that you don't have to have the public shame of your friends making fun of you. But that's what my one roommate does. He's a beta, so he likes to follow the leader. So when I'm on a heater on the U.S. Open for tennis and he sees the bets going and he goes, all right, PB boys, we ride. We ride at dawn. He's a beta. He likes to follow the leader. (laughs) Because he's not following your Novak Djokovic bet. Yeah. Billy Jock alone, who you toasting to? Booski. That was all. That was uh, a lot of energy by there, by Pat. That was a lot of air punching, and I didn't hear anything. So it, was <laughs> of, it was just a lot of punching silence. So 
So just to transition to something, actually, you know, we were talking about it earlier today. The Baldwins came up a lot today on the show. Yeah. So I'm going to toast to Danny Baldwin, who was the main character in Christopher Moltisanti's movie Cleaver in The Sopranos. So how many actors could say they were in a movie in a show, DA? Oh, good call. That's a really good call. That's a good one. That's a great job by Billy G. An actor in a t- in a movie in a TV show. Billy, I'm I'm impressed. That's Let's really go good. Danny. I didn't even know you saw The Sopranos, let alone have a poll like that at the ready. Yeah, man. That's that's actually one of the shows that I will have I have all the information to. That's amazing. That and the Nets, huh? Those are your two things? Nets. Okay. <laughs> Bogues, who are you toasting to? Well, DA, um, we didn't just lose Sean when he went elsewhere. We lost his family, which kind of became our family. Good point. So I want to toast his wife, Danielle. Now, at times, we might have criticized her for being an enabler of Sean at, you know, here and there. But for the most part, she was our ally. She was our voice on the home front she would often confirm things or provide things that we could throw at Sean. So right. she was half ours, half his. So it was her birthday this week. I want to toast her. But I can't do it any better than our good friend Sean did on Instagram when he wrote, Happy birthday to my beautiful wife and all-time mom. Mid-30s now and not washed. We love you. How romantic. Wow, that's really sweet. Mid-30s and not washed. So toast to her for hanging in there for Sean. I couldn't put it any better. Right? I mean, that's Hallmark card stuff. (laughs) Mid-30s and still useful. Thanks thanks a bunch, hon. Thanks, toots. I am toasting to Adriana. We had exchanged some DMs back and forth because, if you remember, for me and Pete having babies a few months ago, the inner sanctum of the aliens got together and they contributed to gift cards for us. They all chipped in a little bit of money for each of us. And it's just such a wildly generous thing. So I wanted to get everybody's email address and thank them for this. And I DM'd Adriana and I hadn't heard back from her in a couple of days. And then I mentioned on the show earlier this week and she immediately got back to me and said, sorry, I've got a baby teething baby i've been out of sorts i'm like oh my goodness i don't want to put anything more on you don't worry i'll get them another way and because she's the one that had organized the the gift card thing she's like no don't worry i got it and in the middle of what i'm sure is a crap storm at her house she was able to put together like this entire list of email addresses from all these listeners that i have such an incredible gratitude for so adriana you're the best i appreciate the hard work I know what you're going through in many ways, and so it does not go unnoticed. Thank you very much. Big Booskies. Booskies! All right, let's get to your headlines this morning. Mr. Bogues has them. DA, the Bears have reportedly re-signed Nathan Peterman to the 53-man roster. Peterman was released on the practice squad yesterday, leaving only Justin Fields and D2 product Tyson Badgent on the roster. Peterman's return should heal some of the wounds from yesterday when Fields called out himself and the coaching staff and defensive coordinator Alan Williams resigned abruptly, maybe because the FBI reportedly raided his home recently. Williams' statement said he was focusing on his his health and his family, the team, and his lawyer denying all of the shady and for allegations. for the record, Ian Rappaport, NFL Network, had a report that Peanut Tillman was not involved in this because Peanut Tillman, a Bears legend, is now currently an FBI agent. That's right. <laughs> so how crazy that is. That's a literal news nugget from 
Ian Rappaport. Uh, the Vikings have traded for Rams running back Cam Akers, and in Baltimore, running back Justice Hill couldn't miss the weekend with a toe injury. Odell Beckham Jr. did not practice yesterday, but John Harbaugh continues to downplay OBJ's ankle issue. And now we come to Thursday night football. Daniel Jones was basically unstoppable in the second half Sunday in Arizona as the Giants erased that 21-point hole. So Nick Bosa plans on stopping him quickly tonight. Definitely could hold it a little bit, and uh, we just have to keep him in the pocket. Uh, he's going to try and get out any chance he gets. So, um, yeah, just trying to close it in on him, be good in our rush lanes, and we could have a good day. It feels like they'll have a good day because Jones will not have Saquon Barkley or the starting left side of his O-line this evening in mm. Santa Clara. So Godspeed to young Danny Dimes. <laughs> uh, the Orioles finally lost again yesterday afternoon, but the Rays could not take advantage at night at home against the Angels. Here's the pitch on Drury. Swings at this one, lifts the ball high and deep out into left center field, and that ball is out of here. Drury connects a two-run homer. He's had a two-homer, five-RBI night. The Angels add on, and now it's 8-1. to one. Terry Smith on Angels Radio. It was an 8-3 Anaheim win. The Rays remain two and a half games behind Baltimore in the AL East. The Jays got a 6-1 win at Yankee Stadium, keeping a game between them and the Rangers and Mariners, who were tied for the last AL wildcard spot. The Brewers down the Cardinals 8-2, while the Cubs took a 13-7 beating from the Pirates at Wrigley, so Milwaukee's NL Central lead is back to seven games. Leo Messi and Jordi Alba left in less than 40 minutes because of muscle fatigue. Inter-Miami still handled Toronto FC 4-0. Neither player will play Sunday's match, so they're hopefully ready for next Wednesday's U.S. Open Cup Final. The Indiana Pacers reportedly exploring trade options for shooter Buddy Heald after extension talks stalled. And the Connecticut Sun in the WNBA semifinals for the fifth year in a row, taking their third and final game in Minnesota, 90-75. Game one of a best-of-five with the Liberty is Sunday in New York. DA, back to you. Stunned. We did stun. We did stun. We did stun. Yeah. Meth rules. Yeah, man. Meth rules. Steven Saverna Park, I'm toasting to all those people who think pumpkin spice is trash. Hashtag Booskies. Booskies! Dalton toasting to his girlfriend who went to the gym for the first time with me this morning. She gave it a real effort, put in the work, and now she has noodle arms. Booskies! And Jason tweets, the PB boys got to fight for your right <laughs> to parlay. Booskies! Hashtag Pickens anytime. Hashtag Alpha. Booskies! Nice. So much testosterone in the building. Kevin's in Pennsylvania. Kevin, who you toasting to? Uh, yes, I'd like to toast George Costanza, who started all this nonsense uh, about 30 years ago when he wanted to name the baby Seven. That's right, after Mickey Mantle's number. Mick the Mick. The Mick. All right. <laughs> yes. Right on. Thank you. All right. Toast him. Booski. That's right. What? It's a nice name. <laughs> the Mick. Mike is in Boise this morning. Mike, who are you toasting to? Hey, uh, thanks, B. I want to toast Shawnee Boy Morass. I called one time, and I, I was defending him when I thought he took it too far. Uh, he was talking about discovering uh, pyramids in Brazil and all kinds of stuff. But anyway, this toast is actually vis-a-vis Patty Boyle, who had this morning what I like to think is almost a Morash moment. Mm. He was oh my, he was very, very close to having some sort of uh, – 
put his foot in his mouth moment, talking about all the people in Japan and what they sounded like. He was talking about going to Shohei Otani over to Tokyo. You got to play the clip back. He almost, almost did something really ridiculous when he decided to say like, oh, the Japanese people all sound like this. And I thought maybe that would be something that Mraz would have said. And uh, I, well, I think we, that's a we would have been lucky. moment. We would have been lucky if Mraz knew where Japan was in a map. <laughs> we would have been lucky to know if he knew that Japan was a country that Shohei Otani came from. <laughs> I also didn't say people sound the same. I said, if you don't know Japanese, it all just sounds like positive affirmation because you know you're with probably the biggest celebrity in all of Japan. Jay tweets, toast to Bogus for having good takes on the freaks who decorate the month before their actual holiday starts. There we go. No Halloween decoration should go up before October 1st. No Christmas BS should be seen until Santa is spotted at the Macy's parade. Fine them all. Booskies. Thank you. And Bouncing Baby Boy follows that up with, I'm toasting to Bogues for putting Boyle in his place. It's September, not October. Can we enjoy one month before celebrating the next? Hashtag, get them, Bogues. Booskies. I just thought, why are you, people having, they're having fun with the spooky season. Why are you <laughs> such a grouch? I don't understand. Why are you declaring it spooky season? It is spooky season, bro. When does spooky season, bro, start? Probably the like after Labor Day. That, is that right? That first weekend after Labor Day, where you know, all right, this isn't. It's not a summer weekend. Was, I have I have work or, or school. Or I take the kids to school on the Monday after. This is the first weekend of fall. For the record, at least here in New York, it was ninety and max humidity the week after Labor Day. That ain't spooky season, but is, bro. Are you saying that every fall weekend is spooky season? Essentially, yes. From, let's say Labor Day is what, September 5th, the 6th? From six days after that, that first Saturday, September 12th, right around that time, the first Saturday after Labor Day, that's kickoff to spooky season. I don't understand why you get so angry about it. Like, people putting up Halloween lights or Christmas lights, why does that ruin your day? Because you don't want to speed up time? My day wasn't ruined, but it yeah, was. let's you not speed up time. You want to smack your neighbor's Dracula mascot. Let's live in the now, man. I am Absolutely. living in the now. I, mean, I like Halloween. I don't want to be tired of Halloween by mid-October because on September 8th, somebody hung a scarecrow from their front in their front lawn. So why does that make you hate it? Because you can be patient. <laughs> it does not become the next holiday right after the first one, the previous one ends. It doesn't look so what? So people, I just have to go, oh, I have nothing to look forward to. I guess just the end of summer and I'm just going to be depressed. Yeah, look, you can look forward to without decorating your lawn in the middle of September. Let people live the way they want to live. No. Why does that, you know what? I'm bringing in Halloween lights for the for the freaking show next week. You don't have that authority. Yeah? No, yeah, because Pete will be back next week and he'll be <laughs> fully in charge. I think he'll be back next week. So no, that will not be ha- that will not be happening. Ostrogize tweets, September 1 starts spooky season. It's spooky season. Boyle is correct. Spooky boys unite. (laughs) (laughs) Spooky season. If we didn't have to break, I would love to confound upon that. Okay. When we come back, more Chandler Jones weirdness, DA, CBS Sports Radio. I get it. I get it. I can understand on both sides. I get it. I get it. But I get it. You get it. DA on CBS Sports Radio. Chandler Jones, a couple of weeks ago, posted on social media that the Raiders were locking him out of the team facility and that he was not, he wasn't feeling the love from the Raiders, but this was directly after he said he was so excited to play for the Raiders. Josh McDaniels 
would not discuss it, calling it a personal issue. And now Chandler Jones is no longer with the team. Recently, just a couple of days ago, he went back to social media and started posting some really aggressive accusations against the Raiders, saying, I wish I could play with my brothers, but Marky Mark, as in Mark Davis, is holding a huge secret that only I know. He said, that's why I was asking for my protection. Sorry if I sound scared because I'm not LOL. When I found out I was LOL. He went on to make some crazy accusations, then say that his account was hacked. But we are watching, I think, a guy that's having some issues personally, mentally, what have you, play out in front of the public eye. And it's pretty ugly. More on that next.